Hi, everyone. Our first reading this evening is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 14, from verse 7. That's Luke, chapter 14, from verse 7. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honour at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honour, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbours. If you do, they may invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous." So for our next reading, it's 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 to 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of our Lord. Thank you. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Dana. Good evening, church. Nice to see you here in the building. Nice to see you online. Uh, my name is Paul. I'm the senior pastor here. It's great to be with you. Uh, 2021 is our year of loving your neighbour, the year of loving your neighbour. I want to encourage us and urge us as a church to, to love all those people in your lives, to love people in your apartment block, love people on your street, love people in your neighbourhood, love people in your office block. Just love, 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 love. But can I say that love starts here in church? It's no good saying I love my neighbour if you ignore people here in your church family. So let's start by loving each other well here. Uh, that's why in the month of January, we're looking at some of the one another verses. There are over 100 one another verses in the Bible. Uh, and so two weeks ago, uh, we looked at live in peace with each other. Uh, last week, uh, show mercy and compassion to each other. And tonight is a challenging sermon, a challenging verse. 
but a beautiful verse. It's 1 Peter 4 verse 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Come with me to 1993. Uh, I'm in Oxford. I've just finished my PhD. I've got four months before I head overseas. This beautiful Christian couple from my church in Oxford invite me to, to come into their home, to live in their home. They insist that I pay no rent. And as a new believer, I get to enjoy the blessings of living in a Christian home. That is hospitality. 1994, I'm doing a short-term mission in South Africa. This beautiful couple, Peter and Mary Holgate, they have dedicated their spare room in their home as a sanctuary for traveling Christians or returned missionaries. And I get to enjoy that blessing of living with them, doing Christmas. I didn't know them for a bar of soap, but it was a huge blessing. That is hospitality. 1995, I'm going to New Zealand to do a postdoc, and I wrote to the pastor of a church in Christchurch. I said, I'm coming over here for a few months. I'd love to join your church. He wrote back and said, we'd love you to join our church. How about you join our family? Why don't you come and live with us? Let us share our home and our life with you. That is hospitality. I could go on in the US, in China, in Thailand, throughout Europe. I've shared meals with strangers. I've had the blessing of living in other people's homes. People have shared cars with me, done holidays with me. When I came to Sydney in 2002, I had nowhere to live. And this wonderful, godly Christian man in Mossman said, come and live with me till you find somewhere to live. I didn't know him. He just put me up a stranger. That is hospitality. I have experienced such blessing and such joy from the hospitality of my brothers and sisters all around the world. And can I say it's been a wonderful witness to my unbelieving family back in the UK. Hospitality is a beautiful wonderful gift from the Lord. And yet, it is with great sadness that it's almost non-existent amongst many, many Christians. For too many Christians today, we we live in our big houses or our closed-off apartment blocks. We press the button to get into our, our garage or undercover parking. We drive into our safe homes. We order Uber Eats. Uh, We do Woolies online and we occasionally, very occasionally, invite a family member or a friend around for dinner. That is not hospitality. Or we've organised or we've institutionalised hospitality. You have hospitality rosters at church as if some people are gifted with it but other people are not. That's nonsense. If you're a believer, you're called to be hospitable. And sadly, too many people have a very shallow view of hospitality. When I say the word hospitality, too many people think of a beautifully set table with flickering candles and a gourmet menu with family and friends. That's not hospitality. That's called entertaining. There's a difference between entertaining and being hospitable. See, see, when you entertain, you act to impress. Come into my beautiful home. Look how hard I've worked for you. I've got dressed up for you. I want to serve you. It's all about me. When you show hospitality, you're blessing other people, saying, I just want to enjoy your company. How can I serve you? When you entertain, it is stressful because you're stressing over the the perfect meal and the perfect timing, the perfect guest list. 
When you're showing hospitality, you're just savoring meeting new people, people you've never met before, saying, how can I bless you? When you entertain, you exclude people. When you entertain, you've got your guest list of people that you like hanging out with, your friends, your best mates, enjoying a nice meal together. When you show hospitality, you include others. You include people who are so different from you, who you've never met before. You include people that the world often rejects. So there's a big difference. Hospitality is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, the, the early church were, were known for their hospitality. The early church shared their lives. They shared their possessions. They shared their homes. So what happened? When did we lose this art of hospitality? I, I think it happened. It started in the 4th century. Back in the 4th century, we began to have state-funded hotels and hospitals. That was the birth of the hospitality industry. That's when travellers started to pay for accommodation. That's when the state, the government, funded the care of the sick or the needy or the marginalised. And back in the 16th century, the reformer, uh, John Calvin, he mourned this loss of hospitality. He said this, the inns now supply the place of accommodation for strangers. This increasing dependence on hotels rather than on personal, private hospitality is an expression of our human depravity because we start to see it as a burden to welcome a stranger into your home. That is challenging. John Owen in the 17th century said the same thing. Samuel Johnson in the 18th century talked about how we have an entertaining culture, we've lost hospitality, and nothing has changed. Nothing's changed. I, I know you love hanging out with your friends. There's nothing wrong with that. I know you like a nice dinner party with your family. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you include others into your lives and include others into your homes. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh, it's all a bit radical, it's not. It's just ordinary, and it's just biblical. The best book I've read in this is called The, the Gospel Comes with a House Key, uh, practicing radically ordinary hospitality in our post-Christian world by Rosaria Butterworth. It's a brilliant, brilliant book. Let's define hospitality. So defining hospitality. The word hospitality, it literally means philozenos. That's the Greek word, philozenos. Philo is the word for love, and xenos is the word for stranger. So put that together. Hospitality, philo xenos, is the love of a stranger. Not a love of a friend, not a love of a family, but a love of a stranger. Loving someone you don't know particularly well. Inviting, including, providing for anybody in need, especially people you don't really know. It's that willingness to open your lives, open your home, open your table to people who wouldn't normally belong there. It often involves meals, often involves food. But you know, when I, when I feed my kids dinner, that is not hospitality. They're my kids. I'm just being a parent to them. And can I say that when you invite your friends around for a dinner party, that's often not hospitality. That's just friendship. 
Hospitality is when there's somebody who you do not know who is so different from you and they're sitting around the same table as you. It's when you open your spare room to somebody who has a need for somewhere to sleep overnight. And that is challenging, but it's part of being a Christian. Henri Nguyen said this, one of the gifts Christians bring is to, quote, make our lives available to other people. Make our lives available to people. It's all over the Bible. Let me walk through a few passages. This is biblical hospitality. If you know Genesis 18, Abraham and Sarah, they, they feed and they invite these three strangers who turn out to be angels. It says, let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. The attitude of these people that they've never met before saying, how can we feed you? How can we refresh you so you're ready for your journey? Do you ever do that? At Leviticus 19 When you reap the harvest of your land, don't reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Don't go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and leave them for the forest. Do you you live your your life and your, your work life and your spending in a way you have margins where you're just available to give to those in need? That is hospitality. Remember Ruth gleaning the field? She experienced hospitality. Leviticus 19 again, when a foreigner, when the same word stranger, resides among you in your land, don't mistreat them. Don't look down on them because they're different from you. No, the foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them. Love them. For you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Come with me to Isaiah, Isaiah 58. This is our duty, to share the food with the hungry, to provide the poor wanderer for shelter. When you see the naked, clothe them. I love Job, Job 31. Remember the end of Job's life? He can look back on his life and say these amazing words. No stranger had to spend the night in the street. For my door, love this, my door was always open to a traveller. Is your door open to people? Is your home open to anybody who might just need a bit of shelter? I could go on. Elijah received hospitality from the widow of Zarephath. Elisha received hospitality from the Shumanite woman. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, received hospitality from Zacchaeus, although he invited himself to his house. Uh, Mary and Martha. And do you remember when Jesus sent the disciples out to take the gospel out. He said, don't take any food, don't take any possession, because other people will provide for you. And I know that we love to focus on the gospel going out, but don't neglect the fact that he expected other people to provide food and shelter. And can I say, friends, if you are a leader here at church, if you're a connect leader, if you're a pastor, if you're an elder here, this is not an optional extra. Titus 1 The qualifications of an elder. An elder must be, what's the first thing? Hospitable. Must be open to loving the strangers. We had read in 1 Peter chapter 4, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, without complaining, without resentment. Hebrews 13, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Don't forget 
Don't ignore the responsibility and the joy and the privilege of showing hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. I could go on and on and on. The Apostle Paul was put up in Garcia's house in Rome. He told Titus to send Zenas on their way and provide food and shelter for them. The early church were just known for being hospitable people. See, in ancient Rome, the average person invited important people into their homes. They invited people into their homes who could give them something back. But the Christians were known as those weird people who invited the stranger and the alien and the poor and the cripple and the lame. And this picture of all these random people sitting around a dinner table, that is a picture of Christian faith. It's not an optional extra. In Romans 12, Paul says, practice hospitality. That word practice, it means pursue it. Make it your lifestyle, make it your attitude, make it your habit. It's not a a once a year thing. It's that wander around doing life, looking out for anybody in need, saying, how can I bless them? How can I share my life with them? How can I share my home with them? So what's this going to look like? Let's look at practicing hospitality. Love this quote. Hospitality does not begin with opening the door of your home. It begins with opening the door of your heart. Love that. It's not just about opening your home. It's opening your heart. Do you have this deep, deep love for people? Do you look at people and say, I just want to shower you with love and favor and grace and kindness, no matter who you are. Do you love the people that the world does not love? It's perfectly possible, you know, to to do all the right things, have the perfect food, have a beautiful home, to offer a shower, to offer some shelter. But if it's not driven by love, if it's not driven by grace, you're just doing duty. Please, Please don't leave this sermon tonight saying, Paul told me I must open my home, that you've missed the point. You've got to love people. If you love people with the love of Christ, then you will start to open your home and open your lives. And it won't be a duty, it'll be a delight. It'll be a joy, it'll be a blessing. It all flows from grace. See, God's people, the Israelites, they were strangers, the same word, they were strangers, they were foreigners in Egypt. Remember that? And God showed them hospitality. He loved them as strangers and he brought them to the promised land and he showered them with food and shelter and water and blessings. He said, remember that. Do you ever remember that? That that you too were once strangers. That you too were once cut off from God, cut off from the government, strangers and aliens. And yet God showed you hospitality. He loved you as a stranger. And he showered you with love and mercy and grace and kindness. And when you've grasped that, that you have, you've received hospitality from God, you've been given a seat around his table, then how can you fail to show hospitality to other people? I reckon it's one of the most beautiful pictures of grace. When you go into a Christian home and there's, there's people around the dinner table of all ethnicities, of all social backgrounds, a few unbelievers there because this person has opened their home. That is a picture of grace. 
When grace grips you, you will open your heart. It's driven by grace. It's done with a gladness. That, that, that attitude there, offer hospitality without grumbling, without complaining. Please don't say, it's going to cost me more money, more time, washing more sheets, buying more food. It's not supposed to be a burden. It's supposed to be a joy. And I want to say it starts at church. It starts right here at church. Let's think about 7 p.m. At 7 p.m., I reckon 10 to 15 new people walk through our doors every Sunday night. Strangers to you. How do you view them? Does your heart beat for a new person? Do you arrive at church early so you're there with a warm smile, longing to meet somebody new? Or do you just hang around outside with your mates? Do you show them kindness and love and do you give them a warm welcome, say, I'm so glad you're here? That is hospitality, you know. What about the uh, after the service? Is your, is your post-service hospitality radar up? Because one of the saddest things as a pastor is at the end of church to see all the regular members in their little cliques with all their friends having a wonderful time as a new person sitting all by themselves. That is not being hospitable. And I know that you can't welcome every new person, but if every one of us looked out for one new person, it might change the culture. What about our regular members? Have you opened your heart to all people at 7 p.m.? Do you, do you know each other? Do you know what your needs are? Do you, do you know the person who's sad, who's lonely, who, who's feeling their singleness, the person who is, who is struggling with fertility, the person who, who is uh, struggling to raise kids as a, as a single parent? Do you know the person here who, who is struggling with their addictions? Do you, do you invite them into your lives, into your homes? Have you got a heart for these people? When you ask the Spirit of God to, to show you the people that he's calling you to love, it's amazing how he opens your heart to people. And let's start shifting our focus away from organized, institutionalized events like Connect Groups, which are wonderful. Connect Groups are wonderful. But it's just a couple of hours every week. But when you live your whole life thinking, who at church can I bless this week with my hospitality? What about other Christians you'd never met before? Christians who are visiting Sydney from interstate or from overseas when that happens again. Perhaps for a conference, perhaps for they're relocating here. That's the context of 1 Peter 4. Peter is writing to, to lots of different churches, to Christians scattered all around this area. And he's saying, when a Christian leaves his town to come to your town, make sure that you welcome them well and provide for their needs. So when you hear of someone traveling through Sydney, a pastor, a missionary, a fellow believer. You might not know them, but you can be hospitable. So it starts with your heart, a deep love for people, and it extends to your home. Open your home. Let me remind you, friends, your home, your apartment, it is not, it is not a palace. It is not a fortress. Your home is a place that God has given you to bless other people. It's a place to share life with. It's a place to invite people in. It's a place to share the love of Jesus in. Often starts with meals, inviting people for a simple meal. And can I say here, it's about people, not polish. It's about people, not polish. Remember the story of Mary and Martha? 
And they invited, it's in Luke 10, they invited Jesus into their home. They showed him hospitality. Except Martha was so distracted, wasn't she? Remember that? Distracted with preparing a meal, scrubbing the potatoes, getting the perfect table setting. She's stressed out of her head. And Mary is sitting there enjoying time with the guests, enjoying time with Jesus. And she's chosen the better thing. Now, please remember that as you open your home, it's about the people, not the polish. Because often, I say this because often I go into people's homes and they are so stressed. They're rushing back and forth from the kitchen. that They're concerned about the menu and they're concerned about the perfect hosting. And they're actually neglecting spending time with people. And you miss out. You really miss out. You miss out on hearing what God is doing and has done in the lives of these people. And my top here is just keep it simple. Just keep it really simple. Do a one-pot wonder or the takeaway. You know, get pizza in. Go to Woolies and buy a chicken and some rolls and avocado. Who cares about the food? It's about the company, about the people. Or, or apply the John Piper principle. And apologies here for all you environmentalists, but, but John Piper only ever uses paper plates, throwaway plates on a Sunday. No matter who comes to, to lunch or dinner at John Piper's house, on a Sunday you get your food on paper plates. Why? Because he wants to spend time with his people, not be in the kitchen washing up. Just keep it simple. It's about people, not polish. It's about different people, not the same people all the time. So again, who, who do you regularly invite into your homes? The challenge from Luke 14 was it should be anybody and everybody. When you give a banquet, he says, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. I don't see the word there, invite all your best mates. Invite the people that Jesus loves who would never normally get invited. Invite them and you will be blessed as Jesus. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection. Please just stop inviting all your friends and leave room for the stranger. Again, two, tops here, two top tips here. Plan for who you're going to invite. Sit down and just write a list of all these people at, at 7 p.m. who you may have never met before, but you've seen them. Or ask Ed, you know, who could I invite? Who, who is lonely here at 7 p.m.? Who needs to be connected in here at 7 p.m.? And make sure around your dinner table there is variety, married, single, old, young. And my other top tip is just be spontaneous. On a Sunday night, before you come out to church, put on a slow cooker and then at church randomly, spontaneously invite people. It's about meals, but it's more than meals. It's about opening your home, opening your heart, opening your life. One of the great sadnesses I think here in Sydney, many, many people have got spare rooms that sit empty for the vast majority of the year. You're missing out because you could enjoy the blessing of experiencing an overnight guest or a long-term guest. We've got interns here at church looking for a place to stay for the year. Maybe you've got a room where you could put them up. But just keep at it. Don't forget to do it. Keep doing it because you'll be blessed. The blessings of hospitality. There are massive, massive, massive blessings. Is it costly? 
Yeah, it's really costly. It will cost you time. There are many an evening where we go, oh, I just love just eating with us on the couch. We've got other people coming. It will cost you time. It will cost you money. You do have to buy more food. You have to wash more sheets. And yes, it's open to exploitation. People can and do and will take advantage of you. And that's a terrible thing. But it doesn't mean you're not blessed through it. It is totally worth it. And the Bible says more blessed to give than to receive. And it's true. Three years ago, I got an email from a guy called Joe in the UK. I'd never met him before. Worked at a church in Lancaster in the UK. Coming to Sydney for a conference. I said, come and stay with us. Stay for just three nights. And he enriched our lives to hear his testimony, to hear how he came to faith, to hear what God was doing in and through his church was a blessing to us as a family. Uh, Ten years ago, got a random email from a guy called Xander, who was a, a backpacker traveling from the UK all around the world, saying, I'm coming to church on, on, your, on Sunday. I'm in Sydney for about four nights. I, I responded saying, why don't you come and live with us for four nights? Never met him before. Came into our home, we had two young kids, and he was such a blessing to hear how the Spirit had worked in his life, how he came to faith. He blessed us. Remember Tom James, who was here for 18 months with us from the UK? We'd never met him before. He turned up in Sydney. We said, come and live with us. He lived with us for 18 months. He became part of the family. It was amazing. Our youngest child, Micah, whenever he draws a family picture, he always includes Tom in our family picture. He's just part of the family. And he enriched our lives. He was a blessing to us. We've enjoyed meals in our homes with Americans and Iranians and Spanish people and Ecuadorians. You name it, we've had them on our dinner table. And every single time the Spirit has blessed us, it's been good for our souls to open our home to other people. And can I say it's good for the gospel? When you show hospitality, it is so good for the gospel. Because most of the unbelieving world are fed up, are fed up of Christians who do lots of talking and lots of preaching, but don't show the love of Christ in action. To quote Rosaria, we live in a post-Christian world that is sick and tired of hearing from Christians about Christianity. But who could argue with mercy-driven, ordinary hospitality where you get to invite the stranger into your home and lavish them with love so do it. You'll be blessed. And who knows? Who knows? You might even be entertaining an angel. Because Hebrews 13 says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. So let me pray. Our Father, thank you for the love and the hospitality you've shown us, that when we were far away from you and strangers, that you welcomed us in, you welcomed us home. Father, thank you for all you've given us, for a roof over our head, for food in our cupboards, for tables to sit around, for beds to sleep in. Help us, Lord, to be known as a people who share our lives, who share our homes, who love the stranger, who love the marginalized, who love the poor, who love the needy, Lord, help us to be known as a church that's marked by hospitality. 
And we ask that for Jesus' sake.